This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Welcome everyone to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I am Mariah Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today, Dr. Elizabeth Mort, former Senior Vice President of Quality and Safety at Mass General Hospital and current primary care physician and associate professor of medicine and healthcare policy at Harvard Medical School. Doctor, it's very nice to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing well and thanks so much for having me, Mariah. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, of course. Um, Today, we will be discussing patient safety. So the first question I really wanted to ask you is, uh, you were one of the senior authors on the safety or in the safe care study published in January of 2023 uh, in the NEJM. Can you remind us of the headlines and comment on the current state of patient safety in the U.S. now? Absolutely. And I'll give you the headlines that are a bit sobering. Um, And I wanna start by saying that despite the fact that the headlines were sobering, I remain optimistic that there is a way forward. I do believe we need to raise the bar on performance. The headlines suggest we have room to move there. I also think we need to lower the bar on transparency to promote more learning and improvement. So the results of the study that you mentioned that were published in January, 2023 in the New England Journal We looked at uh, patients hospitalized in 11 Harvard-affiliated Massachusetts hospitals, and that was in 2018, so before the pandemic. And we found that adverse events occurred in a quarter of hospital admissions, and our reviewers deemed that 23% of those events were preventable. Now, our results uh, were not in isolation. They were similar to results reported by the Office of the Inspector General, and that study was looking at the same year, the same performance year, 2018, pre-pandemic, and that study was looking at just Medicare patients. They found that a quarter of those patients experienced harm during their hospital stays, and physician reviewers in that study judged that 43% of the adverse events were preventable, so a higher percentage of preventable events in an older population. And then, The last study I'll just mention to describe sort of the state of affairs is that CMS leaders reported that in the early part of the pandemic, so now we're looking at 2020, uh, nationally, we had seen some slippage in our performance on common safety indicators, central line associated bloodstream infections, catheter associated UTIs, et cetera. So the news from 2018 and 2020 was sobering. And these headlines, I would say the headlines were out there, people listened, people in healthcare listened, and they were a gut punch. They were a gut punch for the industry. And I think what's going on now is people are digesting that, they're they're meeting those uh, headlines with a range of emotions from disappointment, frustration, shame, and even anger. But the good news is, is that people are moving on and moving toward action. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that information. Uh, Are there any signs that the healthcare industry is acting on the message? Absolutely. Um, There have been so many exciting things happening this year. Uh, The study that I mentioned came out in January of 2023. And through the years, uh, through the months of 2023, a lot's happened. 
Perhaps one of the most exciting things is the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology, known as PCAST. They put out a report late summer on the transformational effort on patient safety, very exciting activities. Uh, CMS put out uh, some guidance on governance and leadership. Um, governance and leadership arguably are critical in getting an organization focused on doing the right things, prioritizing the right things. The Joint Commission has also provided guidance on QAPI, they call it, um, which is really looking at how we organize our institutions for constant improvement of care, board to bedside. And the Joint Commission has also put out incredibly important information and guidance on equity, sustainability, and an increased focus on outcomes. The AHA, AHRQ are both putting out important efforts to work on learning organizations, collaboratives to advance performance. And as we speak, uh, the CMS is uh, looking at measures under consideration, um, and there's an exciting measure being reviewed to look at patient safety uh, there as well. Of course, organizations like IHI and the National Patient Safety Foundation, who've been leaders in this area for decades, continue to sound sound the alarm and get the playbooks out and support organizations in this important journey. So there are many, many signs from high leverage, influential organizations, many signs that they hear the message, they get the message, and there are playbooks out there. The challenge is now how to get the playbooks in the right hands and get everyone focused on organizing their agendas, their goals, and getting the work done. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing that. Um, kind of moving to recommendations for action. Is there anything that you can think of that the boards can do? Well, absolutely. And some of the uh, recommendations uh, coming out of these important national organizations that I just mentioned are focused exactly at the boards. Uh, boards vary tremendously in the type of healthcare organization they are governing. Um, however, they have incredible influence on what the organization uh, is doing, how they're prioritizing, how they're investing, what they're holding themselves accountable for. Um, and you know what they say, it starts at the top. And that's true with uh, patient safety. So um, the, the word out is certainly out there that boards need to improve their uh, competency, their understanding of patient safety and quality. Um, and there's lots of playbooks out there as well. But basically, boards need to be educated. We need to have the right people on the boards. They need to understand what their job is. They need to understand what the issues are. And um, once that happens, then they can be in a position to help do their job, which is to govern the organization's operations and ensure that a healthcare organization is doing what it's there to do, which is give every single patient the opportunity to have the best healthcare outcomes for them, and that includes safe care. So board activation, board education, board alignment, and board activity is really, really important. It starts at the top. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. It definitely starts at the top. Um, but kind of moving down the ladder, what about C-suite and uh, senior leaders? Yeah, so important, Mariah. You know, I think we're we've heard a lot of conversation over the years, and it's been um, amplified this year uh, for sure. Uh, but I do think the board needs the C-suite um, to be 
at the ready um, to help them understand what the issues are for quality, for safety, for equity, for disparities, all these important issues. So the C-suite really also needs to be activated as well. And they are key, key players. So, you know, since the Institute of Medicine report in at the turn of the century, we've seen functions develop in the C-suite, quality and safety functions. And that's great because now we have infrastructure, we have reporting, we have all sorts of improvement activities, we have high reliability approaches, lots of different tactics and strategies um, for advancing healthcare quality. I think it's time that we sort of play ball across the C-suite and ensure that every single C-suite leader understands what her or his accountability is for quality and patient safety. So the quality leader, and sometimes there's a separate quality leader, sometimes the quality leader is embedded in a chief medical officer role or chief nursing officer role or chief operating officer role. But each one of those C-suite leaders, including HR and others, has an accountability for improving patient safety. That needs to be articulated. That playbook needs to be written with uh, more uh, intention and clarity. And I think that will go a long way towards taking what the board is expecting and making sure that every single person who has a responsibility for hiring, managing, delivering, improving care understands what he or she can do to advance that. I think we need to do some more work in the C-suite. I think we need to do some more work in the C-suite. Critical group. Yeah, definitely critical group. And I know the C-suite is always, you know, uh, trying to figure out what positions and titles are needed at this very moment. Um, if we can change uh, the group a bit, what about the frontline caregivers, doctors, APPs, nurses, technicians, and staff, anyone who really touches a, a patient? Do you have any recommend, uh, recommendations for action there? Oh, yes. Of course, anybody who touches a patient has a role. They have a job description. They were hired to do something specific. And I would like to see that in every single description of a role, in every single job description, it's super clear to that individual what their role is in making care better and in their orientation and in their management and in their annual reviews and reward that they are rewarded for advancing not just their piece, but they understand how their piece advances the goal of the organization, right? The goal of the organization is to deliver healthcare and give every patient the opportunity to get the best outcome for him or her, right? So, you know, there's a story that, I, I mean, I remember this story for, for, from decades ago, but I've been telling it more lately because I think a lot of uh, younger folks have, haven't heard the story, but it's the story of President Kennedy's 1962 visit to the NASA Space Center. And he noticed sort of an environmental health worker carrying a broom, working on uh, his shift. And uh, President Kennedy interrupted his tour and walked over to the man and said, hi, I'm Jack Kennedy, what are you doing? And the individual said, well, Mr. President, I'm helping put a man on the moon. So that's more or less the story uh, that people talk about to illustrate how each individual has something to do and that individual understand how it relates to the organization's mission. So, you know, if we could get the board and the C-suite and the managers organized around 
what the goal of the organization is, what its mission, what its reason for being is, and then understand each individual's role and responsibility all the way down to those people who touch the patient, a doctor, an APP, a nurse, a technician, a medical assistant. And they understand, oh, we're here to improve outcomes and my job is X, Y, or Z. That's very doable. And I think with that kind of an alignment of every single person around, I mean, could you imagine a better, a better mission of an organization now help, help people get well, to help people enjoy their lives? And I think that's cultural work, but it's also some you know, nuts and bolts and some tactical work around job descriptions and management. But I, I do think that it's all doable. And I think we need to do some more work there as well. And I think it will be work, work well worth doing. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree there. How important would you say culture is in this entire situation? Does it really matter? Oh, gosh, yes. Mariah, you know, culture is kind of the wraparound. So, you know, you go the board to the bedside and then what's the wraparound milieu? What is business as usual in that organization? And when I visit organizations, I look for certain things that are kind of cultural cues as to how the organization is working. You can watch things in the hallway. You can watch things in the patient care unit or the operating room or the ambulatory center or the waiting rooms. And you can kind of get a sense for what the culture is like in the organization. So uh, it's a complicated topic, and yet it's so foundational. And um, I think when it comes to culture and when it comes to patient safety, what you want to see in an organization is that people are habitually doing those behaviors that promote patient safety. And clinically, I mean, these are the things that we talk about with the National Patient Safety Goals and the Joint Commission. Are people doing timeout before procedures every time? Are people using hand hygiene every time they're supposed to? Are they using closed loop communication? So there are things that we know should be done to promote patient safety. And many of those things are habits. And you can walk around and you can observe and you can talk to people and you can get a sense. You can also measure safety culture. There are tools out there now that increasingly healthcare organizations are using to help drive that. But ultimately it sort of circles back to what we started with, which is governance, what is the board really um, governing and overseeing? What is the C-suite talking about? What is the C-suite doing? How are they hiring folks, organizing, managing, operating, rewarding? So uh, a culture is key. It's absolutely key. And I believe that a focus on safety culture, a focus on workforce safety, a focus on just culture, uh, these are words that have meaning. We won't have the time to go into them, but um, without a focus on workforce safety, without a focus on just culture, without a focus on reward and recognition for the right things, we won't get the most out of our organizations. And that would be a shame if we don't start working on that now and continuing to develop great models for safe cultures in our organizations. Yeah, definitely. I completely understand what you're talking about there. Doctor, before I let you go, the last thing I wanted to ask you very quickly is, do you have anything to say about AI? Where can these new tools kind of help us in this entire situation? Well, AI for sure is giving everybody um, great optimism. And I think pretty much everyone has experienced AI in healthcare in one way or another already. And what I'm seeing is uh, excitement and even I would say joy. Um, I went to a session where there was a debate between an expert and an AI tool and they were trying to make a diagnosis. 
And um, it was it was so fun. Uh, actually, the expert uh, got it first, uh, but the AI tool was pretty good. And uh, that gives, I think, people great optimism that um, as smart as providers are, doctors, nurses, APPs, other folks, as much as we can keep in our brains, I think there's going to be an opportunity for those brains to be complemented with AI tools that will you know, reduce diagnostic error potentially and make care safer. Another, another example that really has, uh, I've seen people get so excited and we need excitement, we need joy, we need people to wanna love to go to work and feel like they're working at the top of their license. And that's these ambient listening tools. Um, ambient listening isn't AI alone, um, but AI can enhance it. And essentially, you know, you can be in a, in a, in a, in a room with a patient and the AI listening tool can capture what you're saying and write your note. And I've seen um, providers, I've never experienced that personally, but I have friends who have, and they are giddy with excitement about the promise of these tools, which is, you know, what we really want to do is get people inspired to, to join in healthcare organizations. Um, I can't imagine sort of a, a, a more fulfilling mission um, and a career uh, to join in healthcare and be a caregiver. Um, and I think AI gives us all promise that uh, it'll make it a little bit easier uh, to do the very best job that we can and that our patients deserve. So I'll just end. I want to thank you very much for having me today. But, um, you know, despite the sobering news, um, I'm optimistic that there is a way forward. I think we need to raise the bar on performance and lower the bar on transparency and uh, get our C-suites and our boards and all the way board to bedside, everybody aligned and organized. And I do believe the action in the past year from incredibly important national high leverage organizations will help us advance that uh, work and with uh, with some speed. We shouldn't be competing on patient safety. We're all in this together. And I'm optimistic that we'll get there and we'll get there soon. Absolutely. I completely agree. Thank you so much for those final thoughts, doctor. This has definitely been an amazing and informative discussion today. So again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Becker's Healthcare. I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks so much for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.